premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruscielo, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And as always, folks, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and our Thursday night Bible study. So how you doing, folks? I hope you guys had a great week so far. And man, has it been a week. It sure has. And believe it or not, Christmas is just a couple of days away. It's, you know, Christmas is very exciting. It's probably one of my favorite times of the years. Now, you know, <clears throat> there are some people that might say that know me that would say that uh, I'm a Grinch and uh, I don't really enjoy Christmas all that much. But that's not true. That's not true. I mean, obviously it's Christmas. You know, it's the time of the year that uh, we've decided to celebrate the birth of Christ even though we know that he was more likely born in August or September, that doesn't matter. I mean, we decided to pick this particular day to celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So just for that simple fact alone, it's my favorite time of the year. You know, I'm not big on the commercialism of it. I'm definitely not big on that. But there's definitely something about this time of year, on this, this particular day, that's just different than any other day of the year. And you probably know what I'm talking about, too. I mean, there's just a sense of calm. There's a sense of peace that just kind of permeates the air all about it. And I think that's wonderful. I really do. I think that's wonderful. You know, it makes me think back and remember back to when I was a kid growing up in Brooklyn when uh, just before midnight would roll around on Christmas Eve now, you know, my family celebrated on both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Day was more, you know, for the toys and the games and then the big family dinner, you know, later on in the afternoon, you know, into the evening. But Christmas Eve was when the whole family got together and uh, we sat around the kitchen table, the dining room table, with a ton of food, you know, uh, if you're from an Italian family, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're talking about the seven different fish. You're talking about, you know, uh, the the baked zitis, the lasagnas, the meatballs, all that stuff, right? And, of course, it wouldn't have been Christmas Eve without my dad's antipast. Oh, my. I I I truly do miss my dad's Antipast. I mean, he put his soul into creating those plates. 
and they were just mwah, wonderful, wonderful. And then one of my fondest memories of Christmas Eve as a kid with my family was when just before midnight, my dad and I would go out onto our front porch. And it wasn't like a big front porch. It was just a little little patio thing there with like four or five steps that went down to the pavement. And it was always a nice, cool, crisp night back there in Brooklyn. And uh, I remember my dad and I would go out there just before midnight. And we would sit there and just listen to the silence. It was always silent. There was like nothing going on around you. It was absolutely peaceful. And that's probably one of my fondest memories growing up in Brooklyn around this time of year. It's not something I'll ever forget at all. I mean, it would be impossible to. And, uh, you know, I still, to this day, to this very day, I still do that. Round about midnight, wherever I am. I mean, I'm here in Texas right now, and yeah, it's a little cold this time of year. It's 37 degrees right now. It's going to be cold all the way through Christmas, but we had one Christmas here where it was 90-something degrees, and we were having a cookout on Christmas Day. But <clears throat> I'll never forget those things. And to this day, even here, I, I'll go outside just around midnight on Christmas Eve and just listen to the quiet. It really is a wonderful thing. It really is. It's a memory I'll never, ever give up. And I'm sorry, folks. I got something in my throat that's driving me crazy. Just give me one second here. I'm going to mute you so I don't clear my throat. All right. Hopefully that wasn't too bad. All right. Well, let's see. Where are we now? We've been studying through 2 Timothy for the last several weeks, and um, we have not been able to get out of chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. Uh, but tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to deviate from 2 Timothy, and we're going to talk about something really important. We're going to talk about the great imposter. The great imposter. And if you think about it, you kind of know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Santa Claus. He is, the, he is a great imposter of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, as I was studying this, and as I was preparing for this, there were things that when I found them, and I assimilated them, and I started putting pen to paper with them, it really just blew me away. It really did. Things that you never would have thought came through in this. And it's, I'm telling you, it's going to change the way you think about Santa Claus and about the tradition that we've all taught our kids about. I mean, if you, if you didn't grow up in a Bible-believing home like I did, you heard about Santa Claus. Now, some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight are going to change your mind about those things. So if you're teaching your kids about Santa Claus, you need to listen to this very carefully. Very carefully tonight. But before we get into the message, 
I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section, look for that web form, and why don't you send us off a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over your prayer requests. I look forward to getting your prayer requests. It's something that is a blessing to me to receive. Uh, I, I love getting those requests, and I, I pray about them uh, in my own private time with the Lord, and then we get to bring them publicly, unless you tell me otherwise not to. Uh, we bring it publicly so that we all can pray together, because the Bible tells us that we ought to pray one for another. We should always be praying for each other. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, so we should always be in a spirit and an attitude of prayer. So getting your prayer requests is really a blessing to me, so please don't forget to, get to send those along to us. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. I don't really like using the web form either. You can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, I know, you know Christmas is here. It's, it's a couple of days away. It might be hard to uh, commit yourself to a recurring uh, monthly contribution. I, I understand that. I understand that. Here in Joe Biden's America, that inflation is 489 percent and, you know, everything is costing you more. Uh, Everything from your groceries to your gas for your car to your to your home electric bills, your heating bills. Everything's higher. I I understand that. But if you can support us with a monthly contribution, uh, we would appreciate that. But if you can't, uh, perhaps you can do a one time contribution, any amount you can afford. Uh, and you could do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, which is on our website as well. The Waygiver button is uh, a link to a uh, Christian-based crowdfunding website, similar to a GoFundMe, but it's Christian-based. And uh, uh, you can contribute there anonymously, or you can put your name down, either way. But whatever you do, folks, I'd like you to pray about it first. And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, And if you'd like to be an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a long way, and I would be very thankful for it. Now, usually at this point, I like to take a minute just to to give thanks uh, to a few things and uh, and for a few things. But first and foremost, I always want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me, for spilling his pure, perfect, holy, righteous, sinless blood on the cross of Calvary for my wretched soul. I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that tremendous, tremendous gift that he gave us and the world. But you have to accept it. You have to accept it. I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me the opportunity to serve him in this capacity, to sit here behind a microphone, to open up the Word of God, to share what I've learned, to share passages of Scripture that I hope and I pray would be helpful to you. 
as it's been to me. It's a tremendous opportunity and gift that the Lord gives us to do these things, and I am very thankful for it. I also want to say thank you to everyone who uh, support us prayerfully. Your prayers, I covet your prayers, folks. I really do. Uh, I love getting those little emails saying that you're praying for me, you're praying for my family, you're praying for the show, you're praying for others. That's a tremendous, tremendous gift to us, and I, I thank you very much for it. I need your prayers. I need your prayers. So thank you for those. Also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. <clears throat> your gifts, your contributions go a very long way. We are very, very close to being able to purchase those cases of Bibles that we want to do. We just need two more supporters at the four ninety nine level. If we can get two more supporters at the four ninety nine level, by this time next month, we'll be able to purchase those cases of Bibles for giveaways. So, folks, it's really, if, if you can do it, it would be a real blessing, not just for you, but for the people who will be receiving those Bibles, for the people that will be receiving those, uh, those tracts that we'll be purchasing. Uh, so uh, it's definitely something that if you can do it, we would appreciate it. And for those of you who already support us financially, thank you so very, very much. God bless you, and please, please keep praying also. And of course, as a group, to every single one of our listeners who tune in faithfully to every show that we put out, thank you so much for listening. Because of your activity, because of you listening as often as you do and as faithfully as you do, you have pushed us up into the number one position on, on the Good Pods platform in four categories. We're number one in religion and spirituality. We're number one in Christianity. We are number one in the top 100 episodes, and we are number one in the top 100 shows. So thank you so much for faithfully tuning in to everything that we put out there. God bless you for it, and please, please keep it up. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service starts at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is just log into Facebook Search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you get there, you're going to find a ton of helpful information, and you'll also find episodes of this podcast. And I also want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and especially our pastor, John Monk, for allowing us to post the show on the church's Facebook page. It has been a tremendous help in getting this message spread out, to getting the show spread out, and the, uh, the, the, the traffic we've been getting through Facebook has been uh, slowly increasing, and we're very thankful for it. But folks, wherever it is that you're listening, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you might be asking yourself, well, how am I helping spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ by doing that? Well, because you're sending this show out to, to your friends, your family, your followers, and your social media accounts, you're exposing them to the gospel. Because on every show that we do, we 
really do make every effort to present the gospel in a clear, concise, easy-to-understand, easy-to-follow way. And uh, by, by you sharing that with your followers on social media, with your family, with your friends, you are reaching people that we really can't get to, that maybe somebody else can't get to. That's your unique individual mission field. So thank you for doing that already, and please continue to do that and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, uh, just a couple of announcements here before we get into our, uh, our prayer requests, our prayer list. Let's see. Um, so our Sermon Sunday broadcast will still be on at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, December the 25th. We will have a Christmas Day message for you. So please, if you can, tune in. If you can't, that's fine. Hey, Christmas Day, you want to be with your family? That's fantastic. You should do that. Uh, the show will be available as a podcast immediately after the live broadcast, so you can listen to it anytime you want. And we're going to be talking about why God chose to reveal the birth of Jesus Christ to the shepherds. Why the shepherds? Why the revelation to the shepherds? So that's what we'll be talking about on Sunday, on our Sermon Sunday broadcast. So uh, 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, available as a podcast immediately after the live show. Now, folks, if you're a prepper or if you're interested in prepping, uh, I'd like to recommend the Contra Radio Network. So what's the Contra Radio Network? Well, it's a podcast and a vidcast for the listeners and subscribers of the Contra Radio Network, focusing on the issues and concerns of discerning preppers and patriots. You can find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. You have to put the www or you'll get a page load error and you won't be able to find it. So uh, it's a really it's a great platform and uh the guys that run it do a fantastic job in updating it uh, frequently and some really good shows on there. If you're interested in prepping or if you are a prepper, they have great shows on prepping. If you like politics like I do, I love politics. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm a political junkie. They have some really good political podcasts on there. And uh, I, I check out David Knight's show uh, at least once a day. Uh, I check out some of the prepping shows at least once a day. I try to get on there as often as I possibly can. And it, you know, you, you also find us on the Contra Radio Network. Yeah, they broadcast our show on there as well. And we're very thankful for that because our, our, uh, our plays and our downloads through the Contra Radio Network have been consistently great. So we are very thankful for that. And we're very thankful to the folks at, uh, at the Contra Radio Network for inviting us to be a part of their family. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, don't forget to sign up for our programming announcements. We have a subscription box on our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com. Just scroll down to the bottom. You'll find this little box there. Just fill that out. And what that is, uh, when we have any changes to our programming, if we have a guest coming on or if, we are, if we're changing the times or, or anything along those lines, we're going to send out an email to you so you know in advance because you need to be in the know, otherwise you'll miss out on the show. So uh, just 
head over there, just fill out that uh, that uh, subscription box and get on the mailing list. We're not selling your information to anybody. It stays here with me. And we're just going to send you information on programming announcements. That's it. I'm not going to flood you with, with spam. I'm not going to flood you with uh, deals and offers or anything like that. Strictly programming announcements. All right. I uh, just want to remind you also with the website, we have our Sword Swag tab on our website. Uh, on the Sword Swag you, uh, tab, you can get one of these really, really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast ceramic coffee mugs, which I'm going to take a sip from right now. Mm. That's good. Uh, so we have those mugs are available for a contribution of $25. And also we have our Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts, which I'm wearing one right now. I try to wear one every time we do a show uh, for a contribution of $35. And uh, there's a there's an email button on there. Just click that email button and uh, just send me your mailing address and I'll send you the link to where you can make your contribution and then we will get that out to you as quickly as we possibly can. Now, I do have an announcement that I need to make and I'm going to make that right now. It's, it's a birthday announcement, but it's not a birthday announcement like we normally would do, but we're going to play the birthday song anyway. So the announcement is this. At uh, 10.41 p.m. Eastern Time yesterday, uh, Gabriella Ray Azado came into this world. My daughter Rebecca gave birth to a beautiful, healthy baby girl. And I am so proud of her for, for going through it. And uh, this is grandchild number two. Even though I'm not old enough to have grandchildren, but I have grandchildren. And uh, I'm very happy for her, and I'm very thankful that, uh, that everything went well, and, and both mom and baby are doing great. So to Gabriella, here is your happy birthday song. Welcome to the world, Gabriella. Looking forward to seeing you very, very soon. All right, folks, what we're going to do here is we're going to take our uh, first break of the evening. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. And if you have the ability to do so, smash that five-star rating. You can do that on Good Pods, which I recommend you get a Good Pods account. Uh, I also, uh, you could also do it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So uh, share it with your friends, family, and followers. Hit that five-star review. And when we come back, we'll get into our prayer requests. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. 
If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
All right. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello. Uh, I did forget to make one announcement uh, when we were going through the announcement section. Uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, starting in January, we'll be uh, beginning our Missionary of the Month, where on uh, one particular show during the course of the month, we will highlight an active missionary who is either home or abroad and highlight their ministry, uh, the work that they're doing in their field, and uh, if the Lord allows us to do it, if, uh, if we can do it, uh, we will be diverting a portion of the monthly support that we receive to that particular missionary for the month. It doesn't matter how much it would be. If we're able to do it, if the Lord allows us to do it, we're going to do that. <clears throat> now, we're, um, I mentioned before that uh, you know, some of our missionaries that, uh, that I know of and that I've had in mind to highlight, we have to be very careful as to uh, giving up any specific information regarding them. Uh, countries like China, for example, are not particularly friendly to the gospel, and so a lot of the missionaries uh, that are there have to work underground. So um, we need to be very careful in, in mentioning names, locations, and uh, for their protection, for their family's protection, and also for those that they're ministering to. So uh, we'll, we'll be very cautious as we go forward with that. But uh, for the coming month of January, I have somebody in mind. I'm just waiting for him to get back to me to let me know if there's any limitations on what we can say. All right. Now, uh, Thursday night, we don't, uh, we don't go through the exhaustive list uh, for our prayer request. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to read down the list uh, for salvation, for a sick uh, for our general prayer list, and then, of course, we'll end it up with our unspoken prayer requests, and then uh, we'll move on from there. So uh, first and foremost, we always pray for those that are in need of salvation. And, and our f- prayer list for today, we have still have my mom, Diane. Uh, my mom, Diane, is on the prayer list for salvation. She needs to get saved. My sister, Laura, my granddaughter, Carmela, and now my granddaughter, Gabriella. Uh, David, who is a friend of mine back in New York City, uh, David I have been witnessing to for many, many years, and uh, every time we, uh, we get together and talk about the Lord, he rejects the gospel. So we're going to continue to pray for him, though. We're not going to give up, because uh, I do believe that the Lord in his time will save him. Uh, we're also praying for my friend Alex's father, Fermin, uh, who is, uh, who is uh, in the hospital, uh, and we'll mention that when we get to the sick list. And we're also praying for uh, a man named Terry. And uh, Terry, we'll mention also in the sick portion of our, our list in more detail, but Terry's also, uh, well, we don't know if Terry's saved or not. Uh, we don't know Terry personally, but uh, if he's not saved, uh, it's great to have him on the list. And if he is saved, it doesn't hurt. So, uh, so we're going to pray for those uh, folks that are in need of salvation. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gift of salvation that you've given us. Father, we want to thank you for the precious blood that was spilled for us on the cross of Calvary. Father, there is no greater gift that could be given than the gift of salvation. Father, we just ask you tonight just to, um, as we've mentioned the names on our list for salvation, Father God, I pray that you would touch them. I pray that you would draw them to yourself. Father, I pray that you would just minister to their hearts, their need for salvation, their need for Jesus Christ. I 
Father, I pray that you would just impress upon them that there is no good work that they can do. There's nothing that they can do of their own to get into heaven, that it's all based upon the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all they need to do is just accept that gift and put their full faith, trust, and confidence in that gift that it is all sufficient to pay their sin debt. It's not in a church. It's not in a baptism. It's not in a sacrament. It's not eating a cookie. It's not praying over beads. It's not praying to Mary. It's not praying to a saint. It's not a pope. It's not a vicar. It's Jesus Christ. And that's it. So, Father, we pray that you would impress that upon them tonight, and, Lord, that they might be saved. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving down to our sick list. Uh, We pray for Pastor Martin. Uh, Pastor Martin uh, is 89 years old. He has a heart condition. He has uh, blood pressure issues. He has eyesight problems. He has a number of ailments that uh, we've been praying for for him for quite some time. So we're going to pray for him again tonight. We're also praying for Amelia Grimaldo, uh, who has uh, an infection in her lungs, and she is uh, she's at home resting. Uh, I will get an update uh, on her as soon as I possibly can, and so we can make any adjustments to the list here. We're also praying for Mary Perez, uh, who is battling cancer. Uh, we're praying for my daughter, Rebecca, as she's recovering from her delivery today, uh, yesterday, rather. Uh, we're praying for uh, Garrett, who is... Uh, Uh, recovering from the flu, Carrie, who's recovering from the flu. We're praying for my mom, Diane. Uh, My mom has uh, COPD. She's on an oxygen tank 24-7. She has a number of other health concerns, too, that we pray about. Uh, So we're going to continue to pray for her. We're praying for my sister, Laura, for a slip disc in her back. She has an MRI scheduled on December 30th. Uh, We're also uh, continuing to pray for Bernice, Uh, Bernice is a a member of our church, and uh, she has been battling cancer for quite some time. So we're praying that uh, the the treatments that she's going for right now would help. And uh, we're praying for also that uh, her blood test came back, that she's anemic, and we're going to pray that the Lord can reverse that. We're also praying for Alan, who has prostate cancer, and he has surgery scheduled in January. Uh, Janae has a heart condition that we're praying for. Uh, Fairman, who's in the hospital, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, with cancer. Uh, he also has a, a fractured L2 vertebrae uh, due to a tumor uh, from the cancer. So we're praying for him as well. Uh, we're also uh, praying for Caitlin, who, uh, who has a concussion from hitting her head on a cabinet. And Nicole, uh, who was hit in the face with a softball. And we're also praying for Terry, who um, Terry ran into a burning building and rescued a mother and her child and suffered burns over, over mo- most of his body. And uh, so he's in the hospital recovering from that, and that's also why we have him on the prayer list for uh, salvation, because we're not certain. Uh, we're also praying for that mom and that daughter, uh, for any uh, effects of being uh, in the fire, like smoke inhalation or, or heat or even some, some, some burns as well. So, Heavenly Father, you are the great physician, and we thank you for that. We thank you that we can come before you, 
and the Lord, that we can lay these petitions down before you. And Father, we ask that you would just touch each and every one that's on our sick list tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would bring healing where healing is necessary. We pray, Lord, that you would bring comfort where comfort is necessary. And Lord, we pray for, for that special grace that you impart when we find ourselves in times of need. Father God, we just think of each one of these uh, folks on our prayer list tonight with their sick concerns, and we ask you to bless them, bring them through this, Lord, according to your perfect will, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, we're going on to our general prayer list. So we're praying for the George family. Uh, the George family is suffering the loss of of the husband and dad in the family uh, of, from cancer. Uh uh, he was a saved man, and we're thankful for that. And uh, we just pray for the family as they continue to mourn, and we pray that uh, the God will give them the comfort of knowing that uh, he's a saved man. He's in glory right now with his Savior and not giving a care in the world as to what's going on down here right now, totally enthralled with the majesty and glory of his Savior. So uh, but we're praying for the George family, that, that the Lord will bring that suffering grace and and just touch them with peace in their hearts and minds, knowing that he is with his Savior. Uh, we're also praying for Jude. Uh, Jude is my brother-in-law. He's a contractor up in New York City, and we're praying for his business. Uh, Robert is a National Guardsman and who's serving down here on the border. Uh, we're praying for him, for his protection, for his safety, and for uh, his witness to several of the men that he serves with. Uh, we're also praying for Angel uh, we're, with her pregnancy. Uh, we're praying for her husband, Alex, also, as he, uh, as he helps her through her pregnancy. And, and uh, we're thankful for him and for Angel and their, uh, and their work here at our church. Uh, we're praying for Isabella for her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Jessica with, for her walk with the Lord as well. And we're praying for Alex Herrera for a job and a financial situation that he finds himself in and caring for his dad. So we're going to pray for, uh, pray for Alex for that. And uh, that should do it for the general prayer list. Uh, oh, we also pray for our uh, local, state, and federal elected officials and all of the Border Patrol officers and agents, National Guardsmen, and law enforcement personnel working down here on the border, keeping us safe. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for, uh, for this opportunity, Lord, to, uh, just to, to bring these folks before you. We, we particularly think of the George family and their loss and Lord, we just ask you just to uh, just to be with them and touch them and give them that mercy and that grace that they need right now to endure the mourning and the loss of 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 uh, Mrs. George's husband and the family's dad. And Lord, we thank you for uh, everyone on this list that serves, whether it's National Guard, Border Patrol, local law enforcement. We thank you for them, and Lord, we lift them up to you. We ask you to protect them as they as they serve. And, Lord, we ask you to uh, bring them home safely every night to their families. Father, we also thank you for, the, for those that, uh, that are elected to positions in leadership uh, throughout our state, the federal government, and our local government. We ask you, Father, that you would just raise up folks around them that, can, uh, that, that know the Word of God and that can uh, impart to them the wisdom that the Word of God contains. And, Lord, that would help them and guide them as they make their decisions that affect each and every one of us every single day. So, Father, we thank you for all those, and we thank you for everyone on our prayer list tonight. And we ask you to bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. 
And then, of course, we have the unspoken prayers of our hearts that the Lord knows exactly what those prayers are. Uh, He answers those prayers according to his perfect will for our lives. And uh, tonight we are praying for uh, Eduardo Rodriguez for his unspoken prayer, Mike Elizalde, uh, Manuel. Uh, We're also praying for myself with an unspoken prayer request. And uh, we're going to go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity to come before the throne of grace. And we ask you, Father, that uh, you would uh, just respond to these prayers, these unspoken prayers that we have, Lord. And Lord, we know that you answer the answer prayer one of three ways. It's either yes, no, or not now. And Father God, we pray that whatever the answer is that you give us, Lord, that you give us a heart that's able to accept it. And Lord, that it would always be according to your perfect will for us. And we will thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests, please email them to us at info at com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. All right, so we don't have any questions uh, that we're going to be answering today from the audience. Uh, Birthdays, we already did uh, Gabriella's birthday. And uh, since those things are out of the way, what we'll do here now is we'll take our second break of the evening, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, and when we get back, We'll be getting into today's Bible study on the great imposter. We'll be right back after this. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Check out the chat group on Spreaker. If you're logged in on Spreaker as, as, a, with, as someone with an account, you can get into the chat group. And we'll be back right after this. Yeah. 
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, folks, if you've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast for any length of time, you know that when you hear that, it's time to grab your Bibles and get into our study. But before we do, I'm going to ask you guys to pray for me. I got this frog in my throat. I did a dry run with the opening of the show uh, before uh, I get on. I get on live. And I do that all the time. It's my usual routine. And went flawless. No problems whatsoever. The minute that we go live, I get this frog in my throat, and this thing is just not going away. So would you pray for me uh, as we get into our study tonight on The Great Imposter? So would you take your Bible and turn with me over to the book of Jeremiah and chapter 10? Jeremiah chapter 10. Now, believe it or not, if you know Jeremiah chapter 10, we're not going where you think we're going, okay? Uh, Jeremiah chapter 10. Now, I'm going to tell you honestly, in preparation for this, uh, I came across some verses that are just absolutely amazing for this study tonight. I really did. And, uh, and you know, in full disclosure, a lot of the material that you, I'm going to give you tonight is, is not new to me, all right? You know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, right? So it basically means that if I thought of it, that's, that means that somebody before me thought of it and somebody before that person thought of it. There's nothing new under the sun. And if you have a, uh, a Ruckman reference Bible, if you go to uh, the appendices section and you go to Appendix 23, a lot of the information that I'm going to give you tonight, I've garnered from there. So, uh, this, again, nothing new under the sun. And uh, But the thing is, is that when I was looking at that, I was totally, totally surprised at some of the things that I was reading, things that I had never considered. And that's what prompted me to, to, to put this message together. So, uh, Jeremiah chapter 10. Now, look, folks, we've all failed. 
right? We've all made mistakes. We can all agree to that. And we all grow in light. It's what you do with that light once you have it that God's concerned with, right? You'll read, you know, a, a very interesting story in the book of Acts where it says that God winked about those things in the Old Testament. You know, sometimes God just winks at some of our ignorance. Now, I'm not justifying it. Okay, I'm not justifying it at all. I'm just saying that, you know, we need to keep things in balance. You know, not everyone is in the same place. Not everyone is where I am in my spiritual walk. Not everyone is where you are in your spiritual walk. So we need to be gracious. We need to speak the truth. But we need to speak the truth in love and without compromise. We don't have to go so far that we seem like, uh, you know, some like fanatic, you know, it's like, good night, man. I can't even listen to the show because I have a flannel shirt on and that might be sinful, you know, or, or, or this might be sinful. That might be sinful. No, no, no. We just preach the truth in love and pray that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But folks, we are going to preach the truth and we'll give it to God. Now I said all of that. And again, this is not personal. Okay, this is not personal. We have all grown in our walks, or at least we should have, right? We all have, we should have. But let's start off, you know, and we're not preaching or celebrating Santa Claus tonight, okay? The goal of tonight's show is to show the imposter that he is. The goal of tonight's show is to demonstrate the fraud that he is. And it's much deeper than you might think. And it's much deeper than some of you might have even considered. You know, what, what, what is really going on in regards to Christmas and Santa Claus and all that stuff. And like I said, when I was going over that appendices uh, in, in Dr. Ruckman's reference Bible, the things that I saw there that I had never, ever really considered made me realize that this does go much deeper than I even thought or even considered. Now, with that said, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 10, and let's look at verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. That's so true right there, isn't it? It's not in you to direct your steps. Look at what it says in the next verse. O Lord, correct me, but with judgment, not in thine anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. Now tonight, as we go over this material, I truly hope you can say that. I truly hope that you understand that in you, you don't have the wisdom to direct your steps. You need God. And I hope that your heart is tender to the truth, and I hope that you can say, O oh Lord, correct me. Because the truth is, we never get to a place in our Christian life where we've arrived. We'll never get there until we see the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's even some interesting passages in Scripture about the millennium and how Jesus Christ will teach. But here's the point. Now, I know some of you have been saved longer than me, some of you may have been in this world longer than me. 
But we all still need to have that heart. Oh, God, correct me. With that said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for tonight. We want to thank you for this opportunity to teach this lesson on the great imposter, Santa Claus. Father, we just ask you to give us each uh, a spirit of discernment. To everyone under the sound of my voice, uh, a willing spirit to be challenged by the Word of God on things that they have grown up with, that maybe they are currently teaching their children. Father, help us to have that spirit of, oh Lord, correct me. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there's this figure that everyone knows called Santa Claus. He's a great imposter. And I want to show you as we go through this tonight that he is the great imposter. He is the replacement for Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show you that this is not by accident either. It wasn't just some um, you know, fun story that was created so that children can have fun. You have to understand that we live in a spiritual world. Sometimes we simply dismiss that. I would tell you that uh, if, if you didn't hear it already, just go back a few episodes and listen to our message on the real adversary, and you'll understand. You know, there is a spiritual battle going on. There's a real devil. There's a real spiritual war. And hopefully what you're going to see is the spiritual truth behind this guy that we call Santa Claus. What's he actually doing? Well, he's actually stealing the glory of Jesus Christ. You say, no, how is that possible? Well, let's look at some things. And the list I'm going to give you tonight is even a full list. I honestly, I probably could have kept on building this thing on and on and on. Uh, but there are just some things that I, I just won't get to. For instance, guess what happens every year around the end of November, December? You have little kids that will run out to the streets, you know, mothers with, with glee in their eye and, their, and, and fathers that will put their kids up on their shoulders and, and wait for who? to come down the road. They wait for Santa Claus. And there's a, a, a big parade. Think about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that takes place every year in New York City. That huge parade with all the entertainment and all the activities going on, and at the very end, who's coming down the lane? It's Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus. That big parade is for Santa Claus. And that reminds me of a story in the Bible of when Jesus Christ was coming into town. It's called the triumphal entry. There, all the children went out, the men went out, and they were waiting. They were waiting for him to come in. They cried out, Hosanna. You know, you study Jesus Christ, you study Santa Claus, you'll see the fraud that Santa Claus really is. So first of all, ask yourself this. Why does Santa Claus have red apparel? Why red? I mean, he could have had any color, right? But why red? Take your Bible and go to Isaiah chapter 63. Isaiah chapter 63. Santa has red apparel. 
Isaiah 63 and verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah, this that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength? I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Now watch this. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? You know who that's talking about? That's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ at his second advent that comes in his red apparel. And when you think of Santa Claus, and you don't even have to think of him, he just seems to show up at every mall around America every year. He shows up as an old man with a white beard. Well, why does this Santa Claus have red apparel and white hair? Well, let's take a look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Again, we are looking at this figure the world calls Santa Claus. Revelation chapter 1. We're talking about his white hair. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 14. This is talking about the glorified Lord Jesus Christ that John sees. Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. That's why Santa has white hair, because he wants to steal the glory from the Lord Jesus Christ. His hair is white. His apparel is red. Go over to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, as his, and his, heel, his wheels as burning fire. So in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 9, he's called the Ancient of Days. That's in his glorified body. Notice it talks about his garments being white. That's before he comes back, because when he comes back, when he comes back, that's when he dips his garments in blood and they become red in their appearance, like when you read about him coming back and eat them. Nevertheless, he has red apparel and he has white hair. He's referred to as the Ancient of Days. Now think about Santa Claus. When you think about Santa Claus, that's what many people picture in their mind. He's the Ancient of Days. But that's not all. Look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Do you know what happens every year? Or at least what children are told happens every year? Santa Claus comes down the chimney. And in the chimney, there's a fire. And the fire is made every year, and Santa Claus is going to come down the chimney into that fire. Revelation chapter 1, verse 15. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Now that's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. His feet were burned as in a furnace. Again, Santa Claus comes down in a furnace of fire. Now again, folks, what I'm showing you is that there are no coincidences. You know, you start learning about the characteristics and the abilities and the makeup and everything about Santa Claus, and he is nothing more than the great imposter.
What he wants to do is steal the hearts of your children, their friends. Generations have robbed them of who they should truly worship, the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, I hope that by the end of this, you start to ask yourself, how in the world could there be so many similarities between somebody who is a fake and a fraud and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? I, I sincerely hope and pray that, that you see it's just not this innocent matter where kids could have fun, but that there's a spiritual realm to this that Christians not considering. You know, the Bible also tells us about where Jesus Christ comes from. Now, you know the story of Santa Claus. Where does Santa Claus come from? Well, he, dr- he dwells in the north, doesn't he? The North Pole, right? Well, the Bible tells us where Jesus Christ comes from. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible tells us exactly where God dwells. Hebrews chapter 12, and look at verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. So the Bible says there's a heavenly Jerusalem. It's the city of God. Now we're going to find out where that city of God is. Where is that heavenly Jerusalem? Psalm 48. Psalm 48 and verse 1. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. The city of the great king, on the sides of the north. That's heavenly Jerusalem. I mean, do you realize that if you were able to go due north, you know, past the clouds and past where the bird flies, due north, uh, uh, past where the stars and the sun and the moon are, due north, you're going to run into a big, huge body of water. And if you were to part that water, eventually you'd come to the city of God. It's in the north. That's where God dwells. Now take your Bible and go to Psalm 75. Psalm 75. Psalm 75 and verse 6. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. There you go. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Something's missing there, isn't there? It leaves one direction out. Do you know why? Because promotion is from the Lord, and it comes from due north. That's where the city of God is. That's where the heavenly Jerusalem is. That's where Jesus Christ is right now. According to this world, that's where Santa Claus is. Due north, the North Pole. And he's going to come down once a year, and all the children are going to get excited to see a fraud, to see a phony, to see a fake. And they call him Santa Claus. All right, now we've seen his makeup and we've seen his home. Let's talk a little bit about his characteristics. His characteristics. Look at Revelation chapter 1 again. 
Revelation chapter 1. You know, honestly, I never understood Christians who would get upset about things like this. But believe me, they do. Trust me, they do. And if you don't think so, here's a little experiment you can try, okay? Go to your local mall. Wait on the line to see Santa. And as all those parents bring their little kids, you know, now you're going to behave. You're going to sit on Santa's lap. You step aside and say, Santa's a fraud. Santa's a fake. Why are you lying to your kids? Could you imagine that? But you know what? You won't do it. You won't do it. You won't do it because you know what they'll do to you. And then ask them how many of them are Christians and see what the answer would be. By far, by far, the majority would say yes. But they're lying to their children year after year, telling them a lie about someone who doesn't exist. And you know what the crazy thing is? The crazy thing is really this, is that they know it's a lie. They know it's a lie, and that's wild. You know, it's not even misinformed assessment. It's willingly ignorant. (laughs) Why? Culture says that that's what we have to do. I want to fit in. I want to be like everyone else. All right, let's look at his attributes then. Revelation chapter 1. Did you ever ask yourself where Santa Claus came from? Now, I'm not talking about the historical Santa Claus. I mean, you do realize it's a Catholic tradition. It comes after St. Nicholas. But do you realize that there's no documented evidence that this supposed saint ever lived? But beyond that, I'm not even talking about... I'm not talking about the supposed historic figure. And, and by the way, just sidebar here. That's really wild teaching itself. If you realize what they say about that guy. I'm talking about devilish. People being cut up and, and bringing them back to life. You know, that's a history behind all that. I'm talking about the Santa Claus that's in the kid's mind. Where was his beginning? The last time I checked, he's been around for a long time, right? And he's not getting any older. He's not dead yet. So he must be what? He must be eternal. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Now, again, folks, why in the world would you try to convince your child of this figure that he's eternal, that he has no beginning and he has no ending when your Savior has no ending or beginning? Why would you not? want them to fall in love with the true God instead of a God that doesn't exist and that you know doesn't exist. But he's eternal. According to history and according that he shows up every year. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
That's the true God, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ, not Santa Claus. He's the eternal God. Not only is Santa eternal, no beginning or ending, but do you know how old Santa Claus is? Hmm? Well, he knows all too, right? He knows all too. Look at Proverbs chapter 15. Santa Claus knows all. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3. Proverbs 15 and verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. But what does mommy tell her little darling every year? What does daddy tell his little darling every year? You better be good for goodness sake, because Santa knows if you've been good or bad. Do you know who knows if you've been good or bad? Jesus Christ knows if you've been good or bad. Not Santa Claus. Not some fictitious man who doesn't exist. He doesn't know anything. But there's one who does know. It's a shame, folks. It's a shame. Look at the multitudes that are blind. Just look. Do you know what they do around this time of the year? Well, you better be good or Santa's not going to bring you a present. Do you know what the amazing thing about Santa is? He always brings presents, no matter how good or bad the children are. But they still, they instill into that little child's heart that there's someone out there who knows if they've been bad or good. And we know who that is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. So not only does Santa know if you've been good or bad, do you know how he decides who he's going to reward? He's making a list. He's checking it twice. To see what? To see who's been naughty or nice. Revelation chapter 20 and verse... um, Revelation 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Now watch this in verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. So there is someone keeping a list. There is someone writing down if you've been naughty or nice. But his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what you read over in Malachi chapter 3? Malachi chapter 3. We won't turn there for the sake of time, but do you know what you read over there? In Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, you read about a book of remembrance. A book of remembrance. God's got a book of of remembrance. He is writing down every time you've messed up. He is writing down every time you've been good. Now, thank God we've got access to the blood of Jesus Christ. And thank God that if we can confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's our sin written in that book. We confess it. God takes the blood of Jesus Christ and he wipes it clean. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. 
But don't miss the principle. Don't miss this principle. He's got a book, and he's writing everything down. Who's been naughty and who's been nice. He's writing down who's been good. And guess what happens based off of that list? Once that list is made, there are rewards associated with it. Gifts are given based off of that list. Now, there are plenty of references to this. Look over in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I just want to remind you that Jesus Christ is keeping a list. He's keeping a list of everything you do. And he's not only interested in what you do. If you study your Bible, he's interested in what sort it is. What sort it is. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means your motive for doing it. Your motive. A list of your actions. A list of your actions, and in parenthesis there he puts, for self-pride. A list of your actions, and he puts down, in parenthesis, for self-recognition. Or he keeps the list of your actions, and he puts down, or for the glory of God. So don't think that everything that you do, you're going to get a reward for. God knows your motive. God knows why you're doing it. But that doesn't change the fact that he's got a list. That doesn't change the fact that he's going to reward those. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and look at verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Paul is writing here, and he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Well, the question is, what's that day? What's that day? That day is when you see Jesus Christ. Then look what he says. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now, folks, that's just one verse, but do you know what you have there? You know what you have the possibility to do? You have the possibility based off of your actions, based off of, of, uh, of, of what you do or don't do, based off of that list that God is making, he'll give you a crown when he shows up. We read, we read over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 about the judgment seat of Christ. At the judgment seat of Christ, you find six elements, right? You find uh, there's wood, hay, and stubble. Those are all earthy things. Those are all dead things. Those are all things that will burn up. But then he says there's silver and gold and precious stones. And that silver, gold, and precious stones will go through the fire. And at the end, you'll have some rewards. Based off of if you've been naughty or nice. Based off of what's written on that list. Based off of what goes into that fire. So there is a rewarder for those that are good. Good in the sense of serving God. But his name isn't Santa Claus. His name is Jesus Christ. Not only do we see that he knows all, he has a list, he gives gifts, but do you realize that Santa defies nature? And we'll take a look at that when we come back from our last break of the night. This is the Sword of the Spirits podcast. Don't forget, like, subscribe, 
share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Five-star reviews, wherever you can possibly give us one. And stay with us. We'll be right back. Don't go away. was born
Amen, amen. It's one of my favorite Christmas carols. Uh, oh, Holy Night, Silent Night. Some of my favorites. I really love those. I mean, they just really, just the, the peacefulness of them, just, again, like I said at the opening of the show, just brings me back to when I was a kid, growing up in Brooklyn with my family. Uh, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we are in the middle of discussing the great imposter known as Santa Claus. Folks, if you're, uh, if you're not in our chat group on Spreaker, uh, why don't you open up a, an account for yourself and jump on in there and talk to the guys. Uh, it's kind of quiet in there tonight. Just a couple of comments here or there. But uh, really appreciate uh, everybody who's in the chat group. And I also want to say thank you, and I appreciate every one of you that are listening in. God bless you for it, and I hope that you're really getting something out of this. And again, you know, I hope that uh, this is kind of hard stuff. Because, you know, we all grew up, you know, with the Santa Claus stories. You know, we probably taught our kids about Santa Claus growing up. I know I did. And, you know, but when when the Word of God opens up your eyes to this stuff, man, you just can't, you can't not see it. You just can't. It's, this is really important stuff, folks. It really is important stuff. And I really do hope that you have that spirit about you of, Lord, correct me. Lord, correct me. Well, we're going to get back to our study here. Uh, let's see. We are we're going to talk about how Santa defies the laws of nature, how he defies the law of nature. Now, while I explain that, would you please turn over to John chapter 20 in your Bible? John chapter 20. He defies the law of nature. Now, this is just an estimate now, okay? It's just an estimate. But let's say, for argument's sake, there are... One billion homes. Okay, and there are there are what seven billion people, or a little bit more than seven billion people, right? So let's just say there are one billion homes in the world. Now, one billion homes, and we'll even give Santa Claus twenty four hours. So he has to deliver all the gifts in twenty four hours, which he doesn't because he only delivers them at night, right? But let's give him twenty four hours at 1 billion homes. That means that he has to drop off gifts at 1,100 homes every second. 
1,100 homes every second. Man, that's fast. He can defy the laws of nature. Now, isn't that interesting? Because do you know what I read in my Bible? And what I'm going to show you right now? I'm going to show you one who really defies the laws of nature. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. I'll give you a little context here, all right? John chapter 20 and verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. All right, so she's coming. It's the first day of the week, and she's looking for the body of Jesus Christ. That's the setting of what's going on here. Now look down in verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, now watch this, carefully watch this, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. So now here's the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. He appears to Mary. He says, don't touch me, Mary. Don't touch me. I have not yet ascended unto the Father. You see, he needs to present himself to the Father as the perfect sacrifice. Sacrifice. So that means that he can't be touched or defiled. He's going to go to heaven. He's going to heaven. Now turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28 and verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, to the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. In verse 9, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Same story. Some of those ladies leave. Mary's there, and he says, Don't touch me, for I have not ascended unto the Father. Then he sends her away and tells her to go tell thy brethren. And then in Matthew 28, what you see, what you see there is, before she even gets back, Jesus appears to the brethren. Well, what's the difference? They fell down and touched his feet. So from the time it took Mary to go tell the brethren, do you know what Jesus had to do? He had to ascend all the way to the Father, present himself, come back down all within less than two hours. Now, you talk about defying the laws of nature. Jesus traveled a long way really fast. 
just like they want to convince you Santa Claus can do. No. No. The only one who can defy the laws of nature is the Creator Himself. That's exactly what Jesus Christ does in that story. Now, we've already talked about Santa's main access is the chimney, but what if you're in a poor community or in a house that doesn't have a chimney? What happens when the, when the windows and the doors are locked? Well, that doesn't stop Santa Claus from getting in, does it? No, Santa Claus can go right through locked doors and locked windows. He doesn't need a chimney. Look at John chapter 20 and uh, look at verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, now watch this, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. You know who doesn't need you to open the door for him to come in? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He can come right in the midst of you. He doesn't need a chimney. He doesn't need an open window. He can come right in and shut the door. Just like they say Santa does every single year. But not only that, turn with me over to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. So do you know what happens when little Johnny wakes up in the middle of the night? He's got his blanket in his hand in anticipation for Santa Claus, and and he happens to find him down there by the chimney. You know what Santa Claus does? Well, he puts his finger to his nose, gives little Johnny a little nod, and then up the chimney he goes, vanishing out of sight. No effort whatsoever. He can vanish right in front of children and men and women when he doesn't want to be seen. Well, gee, I wonder where they got that from. Luke chapter 24, and look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses, so this is talking about the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ when he appears to his disciples and they don't know who he is. And beginning at, the, at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I would have loved to have heard that conversation. And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and he blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. So do you know who has the ability to vanish right out of your sight? The Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it's an attribute that they want to give to Santa Claus. Folks, I really hope that you see that these things cannot be coincidence. This is not someone just sat down one day and said, oh, let's make a children's story. Let me use my imagination and come up with something. No, no, folks, there's a greater evil going on here. There's someone behind this man that they call Santa Claus. So let's talk about the spirit of Christmas. The spirit of Christmas, because that's what they say, right? There's a spirit associated with it. Well, you know what? I say amen. There sure is a spirit of Christmas. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Folks, I sure hope that the word of God goes out and finds fertile ground. 
Ground that says, Lord, correct me, not in thine anger. Ground that says, woe is me, help me. The spirit of Christmas. Why do we do what we do? Why do we celebrate Santa? Why do we tell our children things that are not true? Because there's a spirit associated with it. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There's a spirit that works through this world. And it has people do things that they have no idea why. There's an influence out there, and it's the Antichrist influence. You know what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. There's a God of this world. There's a spirit. Now, where is all this coming from? How could all these characteristics, and there are so many that for the sake of time we're not going to go into, but how could all of these characteristics that are true about Jesus Christ be associated with this person they call Santa Claus? I told you there's a spirit, but it's a particular spirit. Look at Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Now, here's where it all comes together. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. I'm going to give you a second to get there because this is a crucial point, and I want you to see it. This will put it all together. This will show you how some fictitious man is stealing the glory of Jesus Christ in everything, from his apparel to his appearance to where he dwells to to his attributes to his glory. Here's how. Here's the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Isaiah chapter 14 And verse 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? That's the devil, by the way. Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, right? I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I'm going to make myself just like Jesus Christ. I will be like the Most High. And if I have to take worship from every child's heart and call it Santa Claus, I couldn't care less. Because I will be like the Most High. I'll be like the Most High in his apparel. I'll be like the Most High in his hair. I'll be like the Most High in how he looks. I'll be like the Most High in where he lives, in his knowledge, in his eternal state. Keeping a list, giving gifts to children, I will be like the Most High. I will steal worship from Jesus Christ. And that, folks, that's how it all comes together. You're not dealing with some innocent thing here, Christian. You're dealing with the devil. You're dealing with the devil steering glory from your Savior who died for you, who shed his blood for you. That's where Santa Claus comes from. That is the spirit of Christmas. Did you know that Santa Claus has a profession? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a profession. You know what it is? 
He's a carpenter, just like your Savior. And you know what else? He has helpers. Do you know what they're called? They're called elves. Do you want a shock? Take an 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Now, if you don't have an 1828 Webster Dictionary, I highly recommend that you get it. Because not only is it one of the most accurate dictionaries out there, it also uses Scripture verses to back up the definitions of the words. But you take an 1828 Webster's Dictionary, not a contemporary dictionary, not an occult dictionary, a Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and look up the word elf. You can actually go online and you can get Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and you can download it as an app on your phone. You can, you can use the web page for it. But whatever you do, look up the word elf. Do you know what the word elf means? Elf, it means a wandering spirit an evil spirit, a devil. And here we've got Christians who want to put an elf on the shelf. Go ahead. Put that devil on a shelf. You have no idea what you're worshiping. You have no idea what you're introducing to your home. You have no idea what it's doing to that little child of faith. There were some fallen angels with Lucifer, weren't there? He's got some helpers. You look in Mark chapter 5 and you find out what an evil spirit is. The answer is right there. An evil spirit is a devil. They're interchangeable. They're in Mark chapter 5. Fallen angels are devils. They're evil spirits. That's his helpers. Now I'm going to mention just two things and then I'm going to come to a conclusion. And then we'll end with something that's going to really blow you away. All right, I'm going to try to do this quick. Because as much as I try, I can never seem to finish under two hours for some reason. Okay, we'll try to do this as quick, though. Do you know what the Bible says Jesus Christ beheld Satan as? Lightning, right? Now, do you know what's interesting about lightning? Lightning takes the path of the least resistance. Do Do you know what the Bible likens the devil as? A roaring lion, right? Do you know how a, a lion hunts? He doesn't try to kill the strong. He waits for the weak, the one that's sick, the one that's lagging behind that he can pounce on and destroy. Do you know what the Bible says about children? Suffer the little children that come unto me. Look what the Lord Jesus Christ says about them over and over and over again. Parents, do you know what you have the job to do? To protect your children. To protect your children because they are the weak link into your home. They look at you in God's place. Dad, you represent God to them. Mom, You represent that relationship with the church to them. And guess what happens all across this country? All across this country, mommy and daddy, from the time that little Johnny was a baby, they tell him that some man who lives in the north comes in red apparel, who knows all, he's making a list, he's going to give you gifts. And then what happens when they get to around 13 or 14 years old? Well, little Johnny 
around 13 or 14 years old, finds out that mommy and daddy have been lying to him his whole life. What do you think that does to the God they're supposed to worship? Who really dwells in the North? Who really knows everything they do? Who really has a list and will be checking it twice? Who really is, who's really going to be a rewarder to them? Do you think you're going to get them to follow you after you've lied to them for 13 or 14 years? Now, as I've said, this may be the first time you've heard any of this. Now, I know you can't go back and change the past. And, and, and please understand, I'm not trying to beat anybody up over this. But listen, you may have grandchildren. You've got other children. You've got children in church. You can go forward in the truth. And that is the conclusion, folks. And I just want to highlight a couple of things, all right? The Bible is very clear. There is one God. There's not multiple gods. There's not Jesus Christ and Santa. There's one God. Do you know what the Bible says? Our God is a jealous God. In the book of Exodus, he tells them, have no gods before me. Do you know what that means? No other gods. I am the one true God. Now look at John chapter 4. We're almost done. John chapter 4 and verse 24. I want you to see this. I want you to watch this. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Do you know what God desires? Do you know what God desires? For every ounce of you to worship him in spirit and in truth. John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, I am the truth. There is one God, and he's a jealous God. And if we worship God, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Look at John 17, just a few more verses. John 17. John 17 and verse 17 Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Everything you do, from what you worship to how you worship to how you conduct yourself, it doesn't matter if it's January, December, March, should be according to truth, according to the word of God, because that's what God desires. That's why he gave you a book. Now, on the contrary, look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and look at verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now watch this. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Folks, you've got two options. You could worship God in truth or worship in a lie. One's one's of God and one's of the devil. You know, a lot of Christians don't like that, but it's the truth. 
So what will you do with the truth? Now I'm going to end here with Zechariah. All right, Zechariah is toward the end of your Old Testament. Find Matthew, start going back to the left, then you'll have the Italian prophet Malachi, and then Zechariah. I know it's not Malachi, I'm teasing. And Zechariah, okay? Now watch this. I want you to see this here. Watch this. Zechariah chapter 2, and then we're done. Zechariah chapter 2. Guess what happens when Santa Claus comes to town? Do you know what he says? He says, ho, ho. Doesn't he? Look at Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 6. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. You're telling me that that's coincidence? Ho, ho is from the Lord, not Santa Claus. Lord, we want to thank you for the truth that you've given us tonight. Lord, we pray tonight that each one of us here tonight has that attitude of correct me, Lord, but not in thine anger. We can move forward from the mistakes we made in our past because of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would uh, just lead us and direct us through the power of your Holy Spirit to the truth, help us to teach the truth, and help us to turn folks away from Santa Claus and point them to the true God, the one God, the jealous God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for everyone that's listening. We thank you for the folks that are in the chat group. Father, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us to be here this evening to study from your word. Bless us as we dismiss here today and bring us together again on Sunday, on Christmas Day, for a Christmas message. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen and amen. Well, unfortunately, folks, um, we hit the two-hour mark again. And even though I really, really tried this time not to do that, uh, but I want to say thank you for your patience as we went through the message. There's a lot of material tonight, a lot of hard stuff tonight, a lot of thinking we have to do about the things that we say and do and teach to our children and those little traditions and pet things that we hold on to. But folks, again, thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate your time and patience. Head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and when you get over there, look for our uh, contact section. Send us a message. Let us know what you're thinking about, any prayer requests you might have. And also, don't forget to look for the Support This Podcast button. And if you can make a monthly contribution, we'd appreciate it. So until next time, folks, God bless you. We'll see you Sunday, Lord willing. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.